This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Green and White, the weekly Argyle Life podcast. Um, I'm your host, Nick, uh, or should I make a terrible pun about not being Nick like Sam did last week? That was cringeworthily unfunny, I thought. I uh, tried. I to say. <laughs> um, how are you? How are you both? Sorry, what I should say, with us we have Sam. Hello. And we've got, almost had Finn then. Don't have Finn, we've got Fraser. Good evening, guys. Right, how are you both? Ah, uh, okay. Um, yeah, just, just a bit, a bit, a bit of a weird one Saturday. One that George discussed the game in a bit more depth. It kind of left us feeling, quite after a kind of glut of excitement, one way or the other. It was a game that kind of left us feeling a little bit, not bored, but certainly underwhelmed after the vast amount of positivity and negativity we have had. So yeah, very much middle of the road, really. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what. Let's. Uh... Let's uh, start with. Um, I'll, I'll let you do. Let, let's call it a, uh, a mini victory lap, Sam. Go, Conor Grant. <laughs> yes. Well, I, I'm obviously very, very proud that Conor Grant has uh, come in and done so well at the start of the season. I've been what I've been calling for him to come good for a season and a half. Um, obviously, he's he had a fantastic start of the season. Long way to go yet. Great, um, great assist against QPR. Good performance and a great goal at Wimbledon and a good performance and a great goal against Shrewsbury as well. Um, me and Nick have, have got a little wager on, I should add, that if Conor Grant plays more than, is it 30, 1,300? Is that, is that the figure? I think we agreed. If Conor Grant plays more than 1,000 league minutes this season, I, although I think it was only £5, wasn't it, the bet? Oh, well, maybe it was. I'm not bothered either way. But what was I, the I figure? can't remember. If it was 1,000 minutes, not 30. I'm happy to up it to 1,300 if you No, like. well, no. We'll say it's 1,000. Oh, I'll tell you what. I was feeling very confident when we signed Ben Freeve. Sort of felt a bit less confident if I didn't know he was unfit. Because <laughs> yeah. obviously it's harder to break into the team than it is you know, once the season's to, going. To return, yeah, exactly. So anyway, we had a bet that if, if Conor Grant played more than 1,000 league minutes... Uh, I would win the bet, and if he played less than a thousand league minutes, Nick didn't think he would get into the team at all. Nick would win the bet, and so no, no, far, I didn't he... think he would get into the team. That's why oh, I said a thousand okay, minutes much. and not ninety. Okay, not much then, not much. Not a thousand minutes is still more than ten full games. Okay, well, well, let's put that technicality aside. So, uh, so far, he's played 
just over 45 against Blackpool. Obviously came off injured. Full 90 against Wimbledon and a full 90 against Shrewsbury. So, so far, he's uh, got more than the fifth of the way already. And we're only three league games in. So I'm very much on track at the moment. He's had a very good start. And I think a lot of that potential that... Um, I thought was worth sticking with has definitely come good. Um, what do you think about it? I'll him? tell you what, if there's one thing playing in my favour, he'll get a Conor Grant injury soon enough. We all know it. I really Maybe. thought I'd have that moment against Blackpool too. Can I just the Conor Grant up... injury is around the corner. Can I just pick you up on one thing there? Sam, you did say that Conor Grant scored an incredible goal against Shrewsbury. Now, don't get me wrong. Yeah. He scored an incredible goal the week before, a goal that I've said could easily be goal of the season. But the goal he scored at the weekend... Well, wasn't it Frank Newell's goal? It, it turns out it was actually crap. <laughs> I thought it was. I remember seeing him in real I've actually time not seen when the he cut onto yet. his left. When he cut onto his left, I was like, "Shoot, gone!" You, know, he, he did so well. The shimmy, the double shimmy, really, because he shimmied once, sold him, brought the player back, shimmied again, and completely sold him. And he had him, you know, made the space. And I'm like, "Got to bend it in the far corner." And just the way he did it seemed. It seemed unreal. It's like he'd, he'd perfectly read it. And I just thought, oh, the keeper hasn't even moved. The shots are that good. But if you watch, I think it's match day moments where it might be the alternative, the, the four-angle highlights that Argyle posted on Twitter. Huge deflection off Newball. Pretty average shot that the keeper had very much covered. It's, the deflection sends it the complete opposite direction. For all I know, it's not even going to hit the target. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a touch fortunate. But I think, to be fair to Conor Grant, he's he's come into the team and he has done well. He's um like most of the squad he's been a little bit up and down it's not been the smoothest start of the season but um you know he's he's got on the score sheet a few times he's set up a few goals he's um he's worth his position in the team at the moment yeah definitely i mean i think to be fair nobody ever really doubted even in skeptics even nick who who would have said actually that he would have released him at the end of last season to which i obviously disagreed with even people like nick you never doubted his talent did you you always said he's a good passer of the ball he's a good crosser of the ball he's got a lot of ability about him what you doubted was his ability to really impose himself on games which is something that against wimbledon and shrewsbury he certainly has done very well would you think that's a fair statement Oh no no oh, yeah no okay I agree with that like I say I mean I'm all for I'm not I'm sure I assume you remember back at the start of last season or just before the start of last season I I wanted him to be starting ahead of Sarsovic I yeah, remember I, when he, actually, I was yeah. I, I spent yeah <laughs> you know I spent all of the first game against Crew being like can we bring on Grant for Sarsovic now can we please and Grant comes on for Sarsovic creates a big chance and sets Mare away to tee up my fan team for the third I'm like great well that's that's Connor Grant's place uh, you know guaranteed. Then Sarsovic, you know, retains his place and scores. I think Grant might have started against Orion now I think about it. But then I remember when Sarsovic got sent off, I'm like, great, that's Conor Grant in the team. We're not going to see him out of the team for a while now. And uh, more than anything, I just got frustrated with Grant. I got tired of waiting for him to come good. Um, so like like I said to you, I, I'm all for losing this bet because I, it's kind of a win-win. Either I get money or Conor Grant comes good. I, the yeah, the lose-lose is if I lose money... But Conor Grant is crapping in the team, and it frustrates the hell out of me that he isn't dropped. <laughs> yeah, There's, that's an eminent possibility. If actually, that's probably the most likely one. Oh no, I think that's very hard. No, 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 I'll be, I'll be partly, part of the frustration would just derive from the knowledge of losing the money, you know. Well, yeah, but, <laughs> but he has done very well I, I, so far. I don't think he imposed himself on the Shrewsbury game as much as he could have. He he, he imposed himself more on the um, uh, the Wimbledon game. Uh, honestly, he he did nothing until he scored that goal. 
and then he largely did very little for the rest of the game, um, albeit he was moved into defensive mid shortly after the goal. But at the same time, I felt that he was quite passive when we had the ball deep, and he, he could have forced the issue a bit more. Because um, let's face it, we, we had quite a few chances in the first half, but not so much in the second, as, as that play was meant to be dictating the tempo from deep. I, I was hoping for a little bit more, you know? Uh, I couldn't see the point, but I think he, he maybe didn't do as well as he did against Wimbledon, but I, I he mean, moved what, what, the ball well. General you take that goal out, good. take the goal out, what did he do? He recycled the ball pretty like, well. He, he, he kept the yeah, ball I mean, around the midfield. The, the tempo dictating, I think, was pretty good. He didn't... I don't think he... No, I, did, I disagree there. But I just said that, Benny. I was not enough of that. Like yeah. I, said, I, don't, I don't want to be a downer on Grant. Just like I say, I, yeah, minus that goal, I was a bit worried that his performance wasn't as sparkling as it could have been. I think that's a little harsh. Fraser, what do you think on that one? I think he's just been like most of the team. It's been inconsistent. Um, the, I don't think he's been... We're not talking about spectacular performances. In, in Even the even when he scored that worldie the other week, he wasn't a spectacular all-round performance. Um, but oh, I think he's pretty good, I thought. But I think he's done enough to, to justify his place and hopefully he gets that consistency. I think that's what we're looking for across the whole team, though. I think there's a number of players, if not the majority of the players, that are just a little bit, I can't say any other way than inconsistent. Um, you know, and it's literally within in, the, in periods of games. Like It's not like going one game to the next. It, you know, they could have a really good five-minute spell and then 10 minutes later, you're, you're wondering if they've, they've gone off or if they're just completely absent. And, and You've got someone you know, in mind for that, haven't you? I, I think Frank Newell's the worst case. Um, <laughs> but I don't... I was actually had a different player in uh, mind. I thought you were going to complain. Yeah, no, I, no. I had the same player in mind as Nick did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can see you Should say at the same time, Sam? One, it's a player who Fraser likes three, to moan about. Camera. Danny, Ma- Danny Mayer. Oh, oh. oh Mayer. I thought you were going to say I camera. I Danny Mayer because I know uh, that Fraser, oh, no, I Fraser can like a little moan about, about camera in possession. I can, I can, uh, oh, well, that went well. <laughs> <laughs> I can have a moan about Danny Mayer to be fair. Um, yeah. so, but um, no, I think, you know, I, I, I don't want to say it's criticism of any individual player, to be honest. I think most of them have been guilty of it, if not all of them have been guilty of it. And I think that's just a start of that's what it's like at the start of a season in a new division in weird circumstances. It, it could go negatively. We could, you know, take the bad side of that or it could go positively and we could get some consistency. Hopefully let's give the boys benefit of the doubt. Let's give, you know, Ryan Lowe the benefit of the doubt that more game time, a little bit more consistency and, um, you know, results have been, been pretty good. Hopefully the performances come through and, and match them in due course. Yeah, um, I mean, the performances haven't been bad. I mean, the Shrewsbury, we were, you know, I said it was a bit underwhelming, but it wasn't dreadful. Like you say, it's inconsistent. We had, I think we certainly had more chances than they did over 90. Shrewsbury dominated the first 25 minutes of the game. I thought McLeod was very poor. He was obviously carrying an injury. Oh, God, yes. Oh, game, God, but... yes. But so McLeod was very poor. He offered no protection to the midfield. Like I've, like I've said on last week's podcast, I've not been... Massively impressed by McLeod so far, but he at least in previous games, you know, he was a he was a five out of ten maybe in the game against um, Shrewsbury. He was maybe a three out of ten before he got subbed off, which is admittedly slightly mitigated by the fact he was carrying an injury. But he put in a very poor performance. They opened us up, and they Shrewsbury dominated the first twenty minutes. But after that first twenty, I think we certainly had the better of the game. We controlled the game. We allowed them not much after that. They had 
I think one chance at the start of the second half that Cooper saved well, but barely that, that even a chance. Not even much of a chance, no. But certainly after the first twenty, that one sort of half chance aside, we very much were the better of the two teams. And probably if if if, if either team was going to win it at the end, we were for sure. And um, obviously it's a shame we didn't. But yeah, the performances have not been bad. They've not been great. They've not been bad. I think oddly enough, the, the game we dominated least of the three league games is the game we did actually win. Wimbledon, we had more to play and more of the chances, and Shrewsbury, uh, we had more to play and more of the chances. Blackpool, we had less of the play and less of the chances, and that's the one game we did win. So it's a bit of a funny one. Um, and obviously, Hull, obviously, we'll talk a bit more about Hull away, but that's going to be a tough one. So but hopefully, we just get a, get a game where we get both soon, get a good win and a good performance. I mean, on the cloud, I mean, you say that he wasn't... I mean, he, he was doing the absolute opposite of protecting the fence. He, was, he gave the ball away two or three times. Yeah. I think it was two. Um, so, so poorly. But then there's also the poor clearance on the edge of the area um, where he just waited too long and lost the ball. Um, yeah. But you, you, you said about, like, Shrewsbury didn't even sort of dominate. They pressed us well. They got into attacking positions, but they showed what Tom predicted and what he and I had discussed before the game was a total and utter abject lack of creativity when they got there and it says a lot that their goal was a you know a rebound from a um a ball into the box a, cro- a set piece into the box with a deflection you know a 20 yard shot after the wall been half cleared that got deflected that was how they got their way through um yeah. they, you know they offered very little creative you know creatively um and then as soon as as soon as Argo calmed down they just kept the ball very easily and played their way through consistently and one thing I did like, because I know that Conor Grant gets the plaudits, albeit probably shouldn't as much because it was a massive deflection on his shot. But I, I liked watching that goal back because you saw... Um, it is a nice movement, really. Danny Mayer peeling out left, drawing two... I think he draws two men with him. Plays it inside to um, George Cooper, who draws another man. Rolls it across to Conor Grant. Um, and, and, you know, that space that Grant has, that one-on-one that Grant has on the edge of the box, yeah, there's still a lot to do, and yeah, he does really well to shimmy it. I think there's also the overlapping run of Byron Moore that takes another man, but I just like the movement that gets Conor Grant in the position on the edge of the area, one-on-one, that he needs to just beat his man and shoot. I, you know, I like, you know, that's... it's they, they won't get... There won't be too many plaudits for that movement off the ball, but that fundamentally gets Conor Grant there. If Conor Grant gets the ball, and as we've seen it plenty of times under Ryan Lowe, if a player gets the ball on the edge of the area and they've got two players in front, and they turn, they recycle. The reason Conor Grant gets a shot in is because of that movement off the ball, that way, you know, that build-up play, that approach. Absolutely, yeah. And it's another assist for the assist king, George Cooper. <laughs> not the best one he'll ever get, <laughs> I mean, but it's another one. Not, record, not really no. his best one. <laughs> no, but... I but, think he's know, got a few he, better ones in the locker, hasn't he? Yeah, certainly. But uh, it was it, it, it was it was still it was a good it was good composed pass. It was good for Mayor to stay good from Byron Moore as well. Just drawing a man out, good work off the ball. So you're right. It was it, it was simple a good stuff too. Goal. You know? We have seen some good movement. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it's simple stuff. You know, Mayor doesn't do anything that brilliant. It's just lots of people doing the simple things right, doing creating space enough, for another yeah. one. Yeah. And like, again, Conor Grant, the double shimmy, I love it. The cuts inside, stops, sells his man once, sells him a second time. This time, he cr- I think he crumbs to the floor. As I remember, the player he beats loses his footing, and that gives him the open shot of goal. Yeah, exactly. So it, 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 there are good signs. I think certainly once we moved Grant, you know, I think you could say maybe Grant didn't, you know, um, get enough, um, what's the word I'm looking at? Uh, impact, sorry, enough. Impact on the game. 
yeah, asserted himself enough going forward in the second half, but he certainly shielded the defence a lot better than McLeod has been doing lately. I think you could point the truth to his lack of creativity, but I think he just did the simple things well, like dipping into space, picking up interceptions, following his man, tracking the runs. He did all that defensive stuff well in the second half. I didn't think he did that. I think what we did was we just held the ball. I think in the first first 15 minutes, we just couldn't get a kick of the ball. Shrewsbury pressed, we gave it away. And as soon as we got over that, you know, that blip, we held the ball relatively comfortably and Shrewsbury's possession was basically in... Yeah, for me it was that. I I don't don't think there's any extra better defending from Grant. I just think it was we we, we played the game better and we held the ball better. We had a few good chances as well at the other end, didn't we? I think it was it. Telford. Yeah, I think Telford had two. I think Frank Newell did well with a good header, albeit probably from the penalty penalty spot, which would have been pretty hard. And there was a chance where if the ball come across the uh, camera, he'd have been um, he'd have been one on one with the goalkeeper. So there were there were opportunities there to win the game as yeah. well. Um, yeah, it wasn't a dreadful performance by any means. I've seen us play a lot, lot, lot worse than that and win games arguably not least two weeks ago, you know, <laughs> but uh, Blackpool was a good defensive performance, but it wasn't a great attacking performance, you know, apart from the goal. But yeah, I've seen us play worse than that and, and, and win games without a doubt. So there are positive signs to take going into the going into the upcoming weeks. Obviously, Hull's going to be a real toughie, like I mentioned, but after Hull, we've got a run of quite favourable looking fixtures, if I'm not incorrect. We've got um, home to Northampton, I believe, coming up, and I think home to Burton coming up as well. So don't, those look two pretty winnable games. I think there's... Made, there's um, away a to somebody fairly winnable not long after Hull I believe I could be wrong on that but certainly Wigging Athletic yeah we're, we're going to we're going to have made a, have made you know are in turmoil they've made a fairly shaky start so there is a good winnable run of fixtures coming up after Hull so you would hope that for all the areas that can be improved on of which there are undoubtedly some that there is enough positives there going forward that we can get a good run together uh, and hopefully not be anywhere near relegation trouble going into November God, why are we talking about relegate? <laughs> you had to mention it, didn't you, Sam? What a, po- what a positive... I mean, gee... I, we're three games well, this. Okay, go, look, I'm, I'm not saying we're not, the November, but... Yeah. I mean... What, <laughs> take take the AFL Cup game out. We've we've lost to a coronavirus-ridden Leighton Orient side <laughs> in, in terrible circumstances, but otherwise, that's our only loss and we played some decent teams. I'm not saying we're not going yeah, to, but just I- let's... In a way, Nick, that's what I'm saying. In a way, I'm agreeing with you because I think a lot of people are kind of a little bit gloomy. A lot of people come out and say, oh, that was crap, you know, and, and that kind of thing. But I, don't, what I'm, so I guess I'm agreeing with you, but I'm just putting it from a slightly different perspective because a lot of people, there does seem to be this general sort of feeling that we're, that we're a bit of a train wreck and we started the season badly. And I don't think there's that much really? evidence to support that. I think oh, that's a lot of the comments I'm seeing on free chat and, you know, Twitter and that kind of thing to that effect. Yeah, <laughs> maybe I'm just reading the wrong commenters. But, um, no, but I, I, I guess I, I'm agreeing I, I, with you. Keep off that. Yeah. But I, I, I don't see that. Maybe I mean, I, I am. Um, I, I'm, I'm actually pretty. I'm enjoying the season thus far. Where the football's no, quite I am. Attract. I, I am. mean, I mean, like I say, if, if Telford sticks away one of those chances, which he probably should have, uh, you, you know, mate. Again, we had a lot of good crossing positions that we didn't take full advantage of. We had more than enough to win that game. Argo would have yeah. been the deserved winners though. I don't see yeah, how, how that's. That. I don't see how anyone comes out of the game thinking that Shrewsbury. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to complain that they got a point, but there's no way that I turn around and think, yeah, Shrewsbury looked like they should have won that game. Um, I mean, I'm pretty relaxed. I'm, I'm just enjoying it, really. I have very little. My only expectation for the season is don't get pulled into a relegation scrap. Mid table, happy. 
mid-table playing good football and scoring lots of goals, very happy. Promotion push, ecstatic, because a lot of people are undervaluing the quality of the league this season. I think there are a few teams who've assembled good squads, and there are others who, like Sunderland, I think most people are expecting Sunderland to be crap. I think they might come good. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't think mm. top half finish just to be sniffed at. I don't think anyone will complain, really, if that if that's the case. Just, if we put yeah, a second win a on the board... Comment. Put put a second win on the board and everything will settle down a bit more. At the moment, I'm thinking, well, what happens if we lose three in a row? Yeah, I think that's that's probably a fair assertion um, of where we are. I mean, also I'm, I'm, we should all be yeah. more like Nile Canavan and just be <laughs> just far too kind for our own good. That's a mantra to live by, isn't it? Be more like yeah. Nile Canavan. That man needs to be more scared at times. My God, he's, <laughs> he worries me when he's got the ball at his feet. He is far too calm. He'll wait until the very last second when we're like, leapt from our seats and, uh, and then he'll pass it. We'll call you me very old school, rarely but... see him make a mistake as a result of it, do you? Very, I know, very right? Rarely. That's what gets me. Yeah. Go on, Fraser. Sorry. <laughs> I say, call me old school. I, I complained about this in the week. It's one of those things that... You know, you're right. He gets away. I don't want to say gets away with it because he knows what he's doing. He's not. Yeah. He's not getting lucky. He knows what he's doing and he's playing well. It's. Um, I would rather see a League One centre back put it into row Z or <laughs> or put it up the other end of the pitch. The, the, the goal we conceded, I think it was Will Ameson, wasn't it, the other week, where yep. he's caught in possession. For me, they're they're almost inexcusable because you can just pelt the ball anywhere rather than get caught in possession. But you're right. Canavan does it really well. I think Canavan. I'm not his biggest fan, as you know. I, I'd have seen a whole overhaul in defence this season if, if if I had my wish. But it's good to see him back in and around the matchday squad. Um, you know, I think he he um, shores it up a bit. We need to stop conceding goals. Obviously, we we conceded again at the weekend, but it was only one. Um, if we can stop letting and and, and let, let's be fair, that's the, I don't think they were going to score like again, it, were they? It was that was pretty much their only chance. And on top of that, it's not even a chance. Like I say, it's a twenty-two yard deflected shot. Yeah, yeah. Like, defensively, true. there's not too much more you can. T- I mean, Wooden can head the ball away better, and maybe maybe he can block it. But at the same time, it's you know I, I don't put that one down to bad defender. No, no, I think you're right there. You know, it's a bit a bit of fortunate, it's a bit of fortune about it from from their perspective. So hopefully we can. Um, we can build on that. Obviously, Hull haven't conceded yet, I don't think, this season. Um, haven't they? I don't think they've conceded no, not, a goal. No. Um, Three wins, they... no goals again. Yeah, so um, anything we can get against them might be a, a good result. And then, um, you know, hopefully build on from there. But I think, you know, to touch back on what you said, if we had to, if someone had said to me, you get five points and you're unbeaten in the first three games, I'd have been happy with that. Um Especially, yeah, can, you know, I, I'd have taken that. So, you know, we're unbeaten. Um, you know, even if we get a draw against, you know, if we get a draw against Hull, that'd be a great result. Um, and then I think, you know, we got, I'm not sure how much difference it makes playing home or away at the moment without any fans. Um, I think someone said in when, when German football and Premier League came back last year, it had very little effect, home and away fixtures. Um, yeah, away teams kept. As I remember, there's a whole string of away wins yeah. when the Bundesliga came back initially. So like I'm not sure how much difference that makes, Sam. You said you know being home and away, but I'm looking at the fixtures now with Burton and Northampton. It's a bit more favourable. Uh, Wigan coming up as well, and and then 
you know, as we go into November, they get a little bit more difficult with the likes of Swindon, Pompey, and uh, Peterborough. So, um, not that uh, the latter two have started the season particularly well, though, to our, to much to our uh, to our great amusement, of course. But uh, yeah, they'll probably will pick up by then. You're right. It will be fun. If uh, it's a shame we don't have fans in, because it'd be nice for Pompey to be. I'm thinking of a, an inverse of what we had to go through 2018 and 2019, where they were singing about us going down. One season, obviously, we pulled away, but the other season, we didn't. It'd just be nice to have that inverse, you know? <laughs> yeah, if, if I could make another comment, really, about, um, about just go, if we could have veered off it, about the defence, about Canavan, I just think it cannot be, and I know Nick, Nick will always say, you know, you can't just say, look at trends, you've got to look at the reasons for it, but it cannot be a coincidence that we always, always seem to look so much more assured and so much calmer when he's in the team. 18-19, yes, we went down, we conceded loads of goals, we got a lot of stick, but... Our goals average with him in the team compared to our goal average without him, which is astronomically different. He, when he left, went out of the team. That was when our kind of our dreadful run really happened at the end of the season. Obviously, last season we were a lot better when he came in. When we were having that run of not playing him, playing Josh Grant at centre back, even Ainsley not fully fit at centre back, we we did a lot worse. Again, when he came in, the goals against dried up massively. Obviously, we started this season leaking goals like nobody's business. He comes on with, with uh, a quarter of the game to go against Wimbledon. And then in that one and a quarter games, we concede one goal as a result of a bit of a lucky deflection. And I barely really thought you were about to say we didn't concede against Wimbledon in the last quarter <laughs> of the game. In, well, after Canavan came on, we didn't. Um, so, yeah. So, to with, to with that, is it, is it any coincidence now across three different seasons and two different managers, we are always a lot better when he plays. I think he gets so unfairly bundled in with 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 what with Wotton and even and even Sawyer's performance in eighteen nineteen and the and Songo's even I think he's he was a lot better than all of those in eighteen nineteen. And I think he's I mean, he's a lot better than than those last season as well, if I'm honest. Um I think he's our best defender and I think we're always a lot better when he plays and I just don't see why now there is any doubt about whether he should be playing or not. For me he's that he's the first defender on the team shoot, even above Ace. What do you reckon? Just for that? that quickly, um I I dug out an old tweet. So twenty eighteen nineteen uh, just to back up Sam's point, um, when Canavan started, seven clean sheets out of 33. I can't remember what the goal difference was, um, but then one out of 20 without him. So seven out of 33 with one out of 20 without. There we um, go. And then uh, last season, when was this post? This was posted in late January. So actually not too far from the end of the season. It was um, uh, 12 clean sheets. <laughs> 12 what? 12 what? <laughs> <laughs> please don't edit that out please no that can stay in uh, that would be 12 <laughs> sheets with Caravan and 26 so 12 out of 26 and 1 out of 8 without always that's the professional day, isn't it? that's just <laughs> that's just a, such a stark difference isn't it on both occasions and obviously the very limited sample size stark difference at the start of this season as well so it's just what, you, just what you're missing there is the 3 goals thing. conceded against Norwich that could have been 7 yeah, okay, but you know, no, no trend is ever perfect. There's always some outliers. <laughs> let's ig- let's ignore that data and focus on the ones which we agree with. Um, but by I, and I, large, one thing, one thing that I noticed him doing, and what he always seems to, the guy is, or at least to my eyes, as far as I can tell, and this is very hard to quantify, um, is his positioning from crosses. It's like you look at that that second and the only other chance that Shrewsbury had. Um, which is the one that Canavan blocks and Cooper holds. It's like the, the way he times his way to get into position to block it. He, he always he does a good job of blocking crosses and just getting in the way and reading where it's going. I think that's where that that's where we benefit is that he can position himself better than uh, than some of the other defenders. He reads the game well. 
Um, and yeah. I'd like to see him and him and Ameson start. Cause I think uh, until then, Ameson, and to be honest for me, because obviously Canada hasn't started enough yet, Ameson has been the best defender thus far this season. So I'd like to see both of them together. Am I right in saying that Ameson and Canavan have not played a single Wimbledon. minute together? Apart from, okay, apart from that last 20 against Wimbledon. Because uh, I think you're right. I think it was that too. I asked that earlier. He, yeah. they, they must have only played very... Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, let's have a look. Cause it will probably be on greens on screen. Because I remember last season when uh, Wooten <coughs> was suspended for the Exeter away game, the infamous 4-0. We all thought Ameson was going to come Grant. in. And Josh, it was Josh Grant that came in and he was bloody and genuinely he, he at fault for all four goals. three yes. of the four goals. Yeah, was it three of the four? I thought it was all four, but certainly at least three no, of the four three goals. Of the four. And it was absolutely shocking. Yeah, fair, yeah, fair enough. But um, yeah, apart from that last 20, when we were obviously chasing the game um, to, to come back to draw... That's the first time those two have played together, and arguably they're our best two centre backs. So I think, yeah, without without a doubt, when Ainsley is back in the team, hopefully we'll be soon. Um, be good to give them a go with either Watts or Apoku um, on the left hand side. I've been really impressed with Ainsley. Other than his mistake, um, I've been really impressed with him so far. I think he's done well, um, especially given. Yeah. He didn't have a lot of football. I think I think it was pretty much twelve months of non no no football for him, given what happened with COVID. Um, that's a long time to not play football for. Yeah, um, and and I, I think he's been one of the better players. In, in yeah, he had that lapse of judgment, which, like I said earlier, really annoys me because it's almost inexcusable. You just kick the ball anywhere, but you know, do anything but get tackled. Um, <laughs> you know but you know we're in league one you're going to make mistakes mistakes are going to happen as long as it's not you know every other game um i think he's done well and hopefully we can we can keep a few clean sheets now i think it'll do mike cooper a world of good to get a couple of clean sheets under his belt um he 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 had a good game obviously against blackpool he took a bit of flack someone on this podcast name and no names wanted him loaned out (laughs) um I was open to the possibility. No more, no more, no less than that. <laughs> get out. Well, I, I have it on good, you know. I, I've had you attacking him to other clubs, ringing round chairman. Like, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll let Fraser return to his initial report rather than nibble on that uh, bait. But, but um, go on, Fraser, carry on. But no, I think it will do coup for the world of good to get get a few clean sheets, get you know, under his belt. Um, I think he's he's got to play. He's got to get this experience. He's got to get this. The, the minutes under his belt, he's got to get used to it. And, and it's so different to playing youth football. Um, and even the, like, you know, the kiddies tournaments against the under-23 Premier League teams or under-21s or whatever they are in that joke of a competition. Um, so, I thought you were talking about the under-21 Premier League Cup then. <laughs> no, no, no. We, we, we got tanked by Chelsea, didn't we, when he conceded five or something. Yeah, but, yeah. but I think, um, yeah, if we can get a solid defence, which, which limits chances and stops and cuts out uh, individual errors, that will help his confidence and that will get him playing better. Um, and, and hopefully it's a bit of a you know, pathway towards uh, some more consistent performances. Because like I said earlier, the results are pretty decent. I just think the reason why there's a few grumbles is because last season we were, especially near the end of last season, we were knocking teams out. You know, we were playing fantastic football. And this season it's just been a bit... Um, but the results are what matter. So, we, we, you know, we shouldn't complain too much. 
I mean, even then, we, we know better than to panic if the season doesn't start. I don't know, we're playing for our goal, like, we fantastic. panic it all the time, don't we? Got to change I our know, mind. But what, what, what I mean is, like, it's. I mean, look at last season, people have written us, what, weren't we, what, four, five, six points off the playoffs um, around October-ish? When we yeah, obviously yeah. We had that run of not getting, we couldn't buy a win, you know, that Mansfield win. Felt it, 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 bloody. We really needed that because uh, what it, it had been ages. There's been so many draws and drop points uh, between. I think what was it beating um, Warsaw three nil, and then that um, uh, Mansfield win. Um, you know we don't we don't need to get out of the traps super fast. We've, we oh, we should be fine. So I, I don't know why everyone's panicking just yet. I, I like I say I, I'm enjoying the season thus far. That's because uh, you're you know you live in London, which means you're not used to watching football live anyway. Like the rest of us are sat. You you assume that I don't go yeah. through hell every <laughs> if anything it's worse I, because I, I'm acutely aware that at any point Argyle could be losing and I don't know yet. I, I, I never think of it the other way around. It's always that way. What happens <laughs> if they've conceded? You know I, I we you know we probably should touch on it. You know uh, obviously. The government was hoping to have test events in October. Um, that's now not happening. Um, when do we think? If only some wise person predicted this. <laughs> when do when do we think? Um, I am the wise person. We'll be uh, back in home park again. Um, March earliest. <laughs> Sam, uh, any more optimism? I well, I, I think really it's, it's a discussion more for. For scientists, didn't it? Because I think if we get well, mass vaccination rolled out, then but okay, but I'll have my wrong. best guess. No, Sam, ha- you're wrong. This discussion will determine it. If you I'll come have out my in best favor. guess. All right. Well, I think if we get mass vaccination rolled out, obviously fans will be back in very quickly. Uh, if we don't get mass vaccination rolled out, then it will just be a case of whenever you know, whenever infections are low enough to limit them in on a on a very socially distanced basis. I think. I think Nick is probably right, as much as it pains me to say it with him taking the piss out of me. But I think it's going to be the other side of um, the other side of the new year for sure, because um, obviously, realistically, with, with winter and, and the, the bugs that go around us to do in winter, I think you'll only start gradually lifting the social distancing again. You know, in the new year as we move towards spring, and I think if we do get a vaccine rolled out, for that vaccine to be rolled out to a significantly high enough proportion of the population to gain herd immunity. That's not going to be much before February, March kind of time either, is it? And that's a, you know that's at best. It could well be later again. So, I think really we're looking at we're looking at the we're looking at the new year, aren't we? We're looking at February, March kind of time. And obviously, if we don't get a vaccine, and if cases do continue to to go as go as they have been over the last week or two, it wouldn't totally stun me if we weren't back at home park all season. Well, I think yeah, it must right. be said that um, after the very very wobbly start against Parkway. Um, I think what the club have done and what the club have put on has uh, been pretty decent. It's worked so far. It's my first experience of using iFollow. Um, never used it before this season at all. And um, yeah, like I said, I was a little bit worried. I think some of you probably remember I was a little bit peeved after seeing what they were going to do on Parkway. Uh, that obviously didn't work, but um, I've had no issues at all so far. Yeah, using it remotely. I agree, Fraser. I think there's often a bit of an attitude, maybe not entirely wrongly, due to the way certain things have gone in the past. Of oh, you know, it's Argyle stuff. Will, stuff will go, yeah, stuff will go wrong like it always does. Stuff will go belly up, you know. But it actually hasn't. There's been a couple of very minor issues with the stream, like such as um that 
uh, issue in the Blackpool game whereby they played the, the the replay of the sound when they were doing replays. That was a slight <laughs> slight blip, but you know, very very minor. All things considered, the stream quality is good, the camera angle is good, the zoom is good. Um, the commentary, mm, not not a huge fan if I'm completely honest. But a lot bring of back Sparksy. Like yeah, yeah. The, the club, the club. Have, have, you, you're forgetting the tinny package. commentary. The tinny commentary uh, oh, sideman, yeah. I think, is how Adam described it. Um, oh yeah, I forgot uh, that. against Shrewsbury for a good five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I forgot I, that. I, I thought Argyle had scored. I thought it was a technical error, and it was the goal music messing things up, and like the video was running a few seconds behind. That's that's what I genuinely thought was happening. I, I how naive I was. I'd say what I would be fully in support of the EFL docking Argyle points every time they play goal music to an empty stadium, like. That is one of the cringiest things I've ever seen. So like there's no fans in the. They're cl- not the only club doing it. Uh, okay, I'll extend that. The EFL can. And, dock and also, points. don't forget, like Chris Errington needs something to jump <laughs> up and down at. The, 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 it's, I'm not a big fan of goal music as it is. You know, during. Can, um, can we get a 24/7 Chris Cam? Just, just like <laughs> I want. I want to see. I want to. See, I want to know that he supports Argyle. I want to see him celebrating when the goals go in. You know. I think the way Palace played against Man United, he's probably been celebrating quite a bit. Um, <laughs> Roy Hodgson's team hasn't played that well in many a year. Um, but yeah, it just it, it's just one of those things with football. And, and again, maybe I'm just getting old and grumpy. Goal music, I'm not a big fan of. But when there's no one in the stadium, I don't know who it's being played for. Unless, unless yeah, Chris Errington's maybe requested it. Well, to be fair, I'm I'm going to take a bit of a contrarian stance here. Music is is inherently an audio and auditory experience. It's not something you you have to be there in person. So I guess it's as much for the fans who are watching at home and hearing it in the background through the stream as anybody else. Surely it is it is not as I say a sound based uh, experience. I mean, I'm not I'm not a great fan of it, but I think you know clearly enough people I'd like, like Hassan just described music as a sound based experience. <laughs> <laughs> But you I'm know not what sure. I mean, right? If you're listening is to that better screen, or... it's no different to listen to it in the ground, is it, really? I'm not sure if that's better or worse than Sam confirming that our opinion <laughs> on COVID <laughs> aren't going to be what changes when fans are allowed back in. Um, in fact, after this podcast, yeah. I didn't know about you, Sam, but I got an invite to the Cobra meeting. <laughs> oh yeah, I think mine's just coming through now. Yeah, well, couldn't couldn't do much oh, work. Well, a bit political could be edited out. Maybe, we'll maybe it helps it. the players, you know. I mean, to be fair, the whole point behind goal music was to help get the fans, you know, up and active. I mean, when you're not there, you need it more than anything. Surely, I mean, yeah, surely you can't point. complain that it's drowning out the fans. Yeah, and I think. Um... You know, well, from, from the little bits we get from professional players, uh, professional, Argyle players, professional, from uh, top flight players. It's <laughs> the, uh, yeah, how to... In- I you just said the Argos players are unprofessional. Yeah, uh, how to insult the whole team. Uh, no, from what you, when you're watching the likes of Match of the Day, obviously where you get more coverage in terms of reporters, a lot of the fa- players have been saying it's very, very weird uh, not playing in front of a crowd. Um, so I imagine maybe, maybe I'm... Not only old and boring, but uh, not appreciating that the players are playing in a different environment and and wanting something that um, you know brings back a bit of normality, perhaps. Yeah, I, I, right. I would go with that. Yeah, fair enough. Before we before we go, predictions quickly. Um, Hull and I'll oh, screw the Argyle trophy. Hull Just and Hull. Argyle. Yes, Hull and Argyle. Go on then. I'm going to go with the most unlikely score that's happened this season. I'm going to go with a nil-nil. Sam? 
I can't see us getting anything out of the game. They're they're look a very good side. Um, three nil to Hull. Two on our goal. I'm thinking. Oh, that's a very optimistic one from you. Uh, well, well, for, well, number one, that's a guaranteed loss because I can't remember a time when I predicted a win last season on this podcast and we actually came out with a win. Um, so, so, so number one, I apologise for that. Okay. Uh, but number two, I mean, not everything's decided on paper. You, you get teams that you shouldn't beat that you go ahead and beat anyway. Um, I think if we I get like... if we get a win against Hull, that would be an incredible start to the season. That would be a really, yeah, really top notch start to the season. Mm, um, I, I mean, I think I don't think the odds aren't anywhere near as against us as uh, people might imagine. I mean, who have Hull played thus far anyway? Hull have played. Because I, I should say I think Hull are good, and I predict them for uh, to win the playoffs. I think they played Northampton, Crew, and Gillingham. I mean, to be fair, that's a that's a relatively. I mean, Gillingham have started quite well. That's the only points they've dropped. Um, they also got tanked five one by West Ham. Yeah, but I mean, hardly judging them on that, am I? Uh yeah, I think I'll I'll just go with. I mean, if anything, it's partly because Hull have won all three. Um, and I know they're they're a good side, but I mean, winning all four, maybe not. So I'm thinking maybe the odds are in our favour, particularly since we've dropped a couple of points we should have picked up. Why not pick up points that we shouldn't? Yeah, well, it's a lot better. Out. It's a lot better than Sam's negative stance of relegation, no fans yeah. at football. We're going to lose to Hull. Shoulder. <laughs> I think that that Guaranteed is that worthy of Alistair Worried Campbell. About relegation. That's, um, I think my, my very very much my point was to contradict the fact that we should be worried about relegation and the fans in football. Well, that's quite another matter entirely. I think yeah. that's uh, that's Alistair Campbell levels of spin from you. <laughs> Anyhow, I mean, Hull are a good side. Won't be surprised at all if we don't beat them. But I can't, you know, definitely could beat them. So let's uh, let's wait and see. But anyhow, thank you all very much for listening. Um, it's been Green and White uh, with uh, Sam Fraser. Thanks all so much for listening. Good night. Good night. Good night. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans.